Hey everybody, welcome to Bang the Boardcast, episode number 305. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out... July 22nd? July... Not June! (laughs) June 22nd. Sorry, I was trying to help... We are. And I screwed you all up. <laughs> we're we're doing things on a Thursday, and we don't normally do them on a Thursday. That's right. It's weird. I went to go look at my book for this week, and I was like, "Why is it showing books that already came out?" I was like, "Oh wait, yeah, I have to." Say it really threw me off. And normally, oh. we record on Sundays, but I guess we're busy this Sunday, partly because of our main topic. Yeah, this Sunday coming up it is Father's Day, so we're going to take a look at some of our favorite father figures in comics. I'm giving myself fire fingers because I just, like, did a sweet, sweet segue <laughs> that nobody called out on the show. So I was like, yeah! Yeah! Me! <laughs> flames! I'm like, flame you, Hotman? Flame you, The segue. But hey, you know what? There's nothing better than just kicking back on the front porch with your dad and a beer. Mm-hmm. Or so I've been told. I don't know. My dad's dead. <laughs> oh. We Yikes. laugh about it because it's so dark. I know that's right. That's right. Went with it. Yeah, so, that was a, that's that's hey, a standard hey, Chris joke. There we go. It's been it's been a while. So it's been a while. Uh, why don't we raise a glass? And what are you guys raising a glass of? Uh, we are enjoying a enjoy by seven four sixteen. This is a IPA. Uh, I think this is the first time we've actually had an enjoy by on the program. Oh, uh, before the date as well. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we had one that was after the date, and I actually had one in April though. You did, and oh, then that's right. We did. Yeah. They used to do the vertical series as well, Stone, and we had a vertical series before. But I don't was, think that was an enjoy by. No, no, the vertical series, which was kind of close related to it, in that you know they bottled it on a certain date, and you were supposed to have it like basically the year after, so like seven seven oh seven. And yeah. then it was a vertical series, so you could you should have had one on eight eight oh eight, had it again at nine nine oh nine, and then ten ten, you know, all the yeah. way up to. And for your birthday, I bought you a Joy after four twenty. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think I have that in the basement. You don't. You forgot no. it at my house. So it's, it's at a, your house. It's in, my, it's in my basement. Oh, it's in your basement. Our shared basement. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but this is um, a rotating IPA. It's made fresh, so you're supposed to enjoy it within the first 37 days of it being brewed. This was brewed on 528. Uh, this variation is 13 different hops. Hmm. Uh, the wow. version before this was a uh, tangerine IPA. The one before oh, I that, I found that one because I had the one from 420. The 420, which was a 10 hopped um, IPA, and they did a lot more dry hopping to give it kind of a funk. Yeah, uh, it definitely had like a like the dankiness. Yeah. I think that's where we actually taught Paul about dank. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the day. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, I see things about dank memes. Which is older stale. This is a 9.5% beer. Mm-hmm. You don't get a lot of the alcohol. No. Very smooth. It definitely is something that you can tell has got a lot of hops going on. Mm-hmm. You can't pinpoint what flavors you're getting from it. Yeah, it's a little bit of a cacophony. Uh, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Depending on what 
they're doing with these enjoy buys, I'm willing to pick them up. Like mm-hmm. they did an enjoy buy for Valentine's Day, which was a black IPA Ooh. Um, that I would have picked up, but I didn't get around to grabbing it. Um, but I would continue to look into what is the big difference between these beers to try what they're doing. But it's not something I'm kicking down doors and going crazy for. Yeah. Uh, I'd I like. I, I liked oh. the uh, 420 mm. enough that if I saw another one on the shelf, I'd pick it up. I don't think it's something that I'd be watching their website to see when they release the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it gives me a reason to go check out a Stone Beer again. Yeah, this isn't uh, like it, like John was saying. It's easy drinking, and uh, the one that you described, Chris, also seemed pretty easy drinking. It's not punching me in the face overly with flavor. When John then described that it had like 13 different hops, I'm like. Wow, but I'm—it's it, a b- little bit of a cacophony where I'm picking out a bunch of different flavors, the, re- the resiny kind of dust, a little bit of malty, malty, like malty. Uh, but the first sip I had, I'm like, "Ooh, this has kind of got a little bit of t- you know lemongrassy kind of flavor to it," and it was just kind of refreshing, and not that over the top, like just dry my mouth out kind of uh, what I complain about with Stone and also Sierra Nevada. With their IPAs, this this was pretty enjoyable. But the, as I drink more and more of it, that you know, it, the only and way I can as it warms it, up, yeah, uh, it's it's just hard to pin down any one flavor. It's just the like, four uh, the four twenty one I thought was really good. good. Uh, the tangerine one people said was good, but they didn't really get a lot of tangerine out of it. Hmm. Um, but no, like they're going to be doing another black IPA coming up. Um, I think more like towards September, October. Um, but they release these every, you know, couple months. Because hmm. the 420, there was one in May. This is for July. Yeah, we could have just missed the June, unless you're saying there was no June. I don't think there was, there wasn't a June. Hmm. They did the Tangerine one, okay. which was kind of the, the one in between the Enjoy by 420 and this this one. Hmm. So wherever it falls in the middle of those. Cool. Cool. Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, I, too, am drinking a beer that is dated. Uh, only the date on mine says 2015. It's not an enjoy buy or enjoy after, but this is Boulevard Smokestack Series Imperial Stout 2015, and it's a tart cherry stout. Um, it's already been aged for a year. I picked this up back in January, though. I was smart, and I wrote the date that I bought it on the bottle. I bought it January 28th. Uh, so it's had another like six months on it almost. Um, I really enjoyed this beer when I had it before. Uh, after having it sit, though, it's definitely got a lot more of the tart up front, but it fades Ooh. out pretty quick after the beer's opened up a little bit. Um, I want to say it it tastes like it should be a sipper, but as soon as I take that sip, I'm like, oh, man, I, I want a little bit more of this, and I go right back to it. Um, it was at 11% ABV by the time it was bottled. I don't know what it's at now, having another six months on top of it, but I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Um, it's a smokestack series, so they're pretty decently priced. I want to say this one was maybe like twelve ninety nine or fifteen ninety nine when I bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was a good investment. Boulevard, I, I don't drink a lot by them now because they're one of those breweries that I've had so much of just their like standard offerings that I won't pick something up from them unless it's something different that I haven't seen before, but having this now makes me feel like I need to kind of go back and have that vanilla porter again because I haven't had one in 
a while because I've had it before. And they're usually releasing different stuff out of their Smokestack series that are usually always worth a try. We've had a couple stuff from them that have been great. And there's a new version, Chris, of the Rye on Rye. I think it's called like Rye on Rye on Rye. I'm off from work tomorrow, so yes, I will... I don't know if it's out yet, but I've seen pictures, and it's just like, oh, is it like this uh, Sasquatch photo where like it's in the background of the woods, like hazy? No, it's. I'll see if I can find it. He will see as he can find it. As Chris and I will see if we can find any news that has happened in the past four days. <laughs> yeah, um, we talked a little bit about news in our pre-show, but we don't have a lot of stuff to discuss. I think the biggest thing that we actually wanted up coming up with was actor Tyler Hochlin? 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 Uh, playing Superman Hochlin? over on Supergirl. Once yeah. it makes its jump to the CW, we will be getting more of a glimpse at uh, Kal-El appearing. Wait a second, so it's not the kid from Smallville? No, um, that was kind of the hubbub like going into the CW jump. Like Word was that Superman would be appearing this season. The rumor mills churning saying it was going to be Tom Welling, or at least people hoping it was going to be Tom Welling. Uh, but yeah, this guy, uh, Tyler Holchin, uh, known by some people from the MTV show Teen Wolf, which I'm guessing isn't based off of the Michael J. Fox movie. If it was, I'd probably be watching that. I believe uh, the guy who played uh, Red Arrow um, on Arrow is also from... Teen Wolf. Oh, really? I I like him. But I forget his name now, but yeah, I, I dug him as Roy. I understand what people are saying. It was on CW. The biggest show on CW for years was uh, Smallville. It was the thing. They got ten seasons because it was the number one rated show on the CW. It's what people what brought people in to watch that channel for the longest time. Uh, but I also understand them not uh, going with Tom Welling as as uh, Superman, because this is not the Smallville universe. You know, this yeah, is... But at, at the same time, they've been more than happy to pay homage to the Superman's Supermen that have come before. Um, so, so why not? Wait, I, I don't understand what you're saying there. With the... the well, I haven't watched Small Girls, or not Small. I went with Smallville, Small Girls. I haven't seen girl. any Small Girls around here. <laughs> Creepy, Joe. Um, uh, Dean Kane appeared in uh, Supergirl. Oh, right, right, right. What episode it was because I didn't watch. He, well, it, he but. plays his her like adoptive father in in Supergirl. Well, there you go. Yeah, he plays and like. Wasn't the girl that played? The original Supergirl, like her mother, then. Yes, you're yeah. right. From the te- from the movie. Okay, that's. The, I I I just thought there was more. Like, wait, they've done other things. Like, yeah. I, because I haven't been watching the show. Maybe you've seen a little bit more than I have. Okay, but. Well, I, I I've seen like four episodes of it. Well, you've seen two episodes. Well, one episode more than me. Because I watched the first two episodes because yeah, I could watch it on the CBS.com. And then I made sure that I watched the Flash episode because... The Flash episode was... So good. Really good. Sh- they mean, should be buddies. Not to, not to completely jump off topic since we're talking about Supergirl, but I mean, the Flash is another show that's done great by kind of harkening back to that original Flash show from the 90s with mm-hmm. Mark Hamill appearing as the trickster and John Wesley Shipp appearing as 
uh, Barry's father. Don't say anything else because Paul hasn't seen it. Don't spoil I, it. For I didn't him. know if Paul has seen no, it. No, I haven't nope. seen season two yet. Don't spoil it's not it. Not hit him. Netflix. Uh, something did just hit Netflix. The next season, season three of Arrow. Uh, no. Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield just hit today. So uh, I'll, I'll be catching up on that soon, Chris. You know, I, I I really enjoy Shield. Not to jump <clears throat> further further off. Of that, no, that's all news, man. That's, that's news. I, I just wish they could streamline it a little bit more. Like take away a few of their episodes so they can just stay a little bit more focused and not have to have filler. Because mm-hmm. like the last season when they were focusing more on the Inhuman stuff, like, it, golden. But go ahead, John. Uh, I was just going to say you had a new Rye on Rye in March that was released. Oh, but coming understand. up in August is Rye on Rye, Cesarac Rye. Uh, it is aged in rye whiskey barrels with like lemon peel and um, something else. Did I get Ooh. you a Cesarac? Yeah, I love that. That Cesarac Rye, I... I I couldn't stop drinking it. I loved it so much. Was that for your birthday or was that for Christmas? That was for Christmas. Oh, okay. Now I know what to get you for Christmas. I would totally take another bottle of that. I would appreciate that. I will have to remember that. I might buy it, like, sooner rather than later just so I don't forget it (laughs) and then just keep it down in my basement, much like that bottle of the Angel's Envy that I have down there for your wedding. Oh, I got one saved for my wedding, too. Wow. Chris, we're going to get so drunk. I'm okay with that. I have five days in Buffalo, so might as well spend them in a good good way of being. Uh, also news is uh, the NHL draft is going to be going on. Guess uh, where, guys? Guess, guess where? Wait, is that is that one of the times when we do a comic book-related thing? It's, 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 uh, it's happening in Buffalo. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The NHL draft is happening here in Buffalo next week, the 24th. I just That's wanted really- to mention it, Buffalo Pride. No, that's cool. If uh, if I had known about that before, I would have uh, probably posted something about that on Facebook because I think that's really cool. Well, you can I still take back. I take back my indifference, Paul, because hockey is the one sport that I actually used to watch. <laughs> it's still, and you can still post things. It doesn't have the draft doesn't start until the twenty fourth, and you oh, know, cool. I got you got some time. A week. Yeah. So if anybody's coming up to the Buffalo area to visit, uh, it's going to be kind of crazy. Oh wait, no, that's, that's yeah, on the twenty fourth. Uh, uh, hey, if, and if for some reason you are going because you're a bigger sports fan than you've ever let us know, you've already heard about like all the really good breweries to go to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you're welcome. Yeah, just send us a Facebook message and uh, on your way up, and we'll, we'll we'll tell you where to go. Yeah. I was just talking to a new brewery that's going to be opening up uh, shortly. They're Secrets. Oh, they're, no, I, I think I saw something posted about that. They're... Like, they're going to be opening up out of Jamestown, and they're all, like, live, fresh beers. So anything that does go from the brewery anywhere has to be kept cold and needs to be kept cold. Wow. So they're looking into having to buy refrigerator cases for stores to be able to sell their beer out of, that it'll only be their beers in that fridge. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. What, that's what Coca Cola and like Pepsi do, do for like uh, supermarkets or for like smaller shops, mm-hmm. convenience shops and stuff. They Coca Cola and Pepsi own those coolers. Yeah, that might not be the brewery I heard about then. No, there's a, we have a couple that are going that are opening. Yeah, up. there's something that's just opening. I saw someone post about it on Facebook, and I didn't actually research it. Man, but that, I, like I just kind of like took note of it. I was like, oh, that's a new thing to keep an eye out for. Yeah. But I'm glad to hear there's a few more there. I wish that like five years ago. 
like we when we were sitting around talking about you know stuff we we mentioned like oh we should start brewing our own beer and like maybe opening up our own brewery we actually five years know, ago though we had no money to, to we didn't we have, didn't have two pennies to like put together we were recording in a field recorder yeah. in a kitchen <laughs> that's also true man if only we had capital and <laughs> And the skill and know how to brew beers. Yeah, well, you know, we could have figured it out. Yeah. Look, that's what Resurgence is still doing. <laughs> oh, local jokes. Oh. Local slams. Local DJ slams. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I hit um, a button. You couldn't tell, I, I but I pressed it, uh, the button and it went... West, it's called West Shore. Oh. West Shore. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I'll have to look that up. All right, anyways, out of the local news... <laughs> Are we still talking about news? <laughs> yeah. Do we even have anything else? No, it, was, it was kind of a weak week. I mean, we don't really have a it's box early. office update, too, because we just recorded last week, so we only have the most recent movies, which were Warcraft and Now You See Me Too, which, Paul, you reported on. Yeah, yeah, and I put it on the Facebook page. Yeah, both uh, did under $30 million, uh, 22.4 for Now You See Me Too, and 24.4. Or twenty six point, you know, twenty four point six for Warcraft. Uh, Warcraft doing really well overseas in China. Oh, it's like breaking records in China. Mm-hmm. And like China alone is going to get that movie a sequel, I think. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It's we we might have to start uh, realizing that here, where the Western audience may not be, may no longer be the theater going audience that the movies get made for. But they're theater population just started within i think they were saying like in the last like year to two years Mm -hmm. or when these people actually started going to see movies in theaters yeah like it just happened like almost overnight um no i'm glad to hear that i was just reading an article that was like the top 10 best video game movies Mm -hmm. um and uh warcraft was number one really out of all the other ones they had a, like two or three of the uh, Resident Evil movies, and I was like, I don't think <laughs> those so. are the best. Well, what list? I mean, kind of on the Warcraft line of things, I like the Resident Evil movies. They're not great by any means. Mm-hmm. They're not good by any means, but they are entertaining. Like, if I see a Resident Evil movie on like TBS or something, I will stop flipping through and watch it. I think I own two or three of them on DVD. Oh, Kate likes them. Pa, pa. Oh, she loves zombie movies. Kate does like zombie movies, she but zombie she likes movies. she likes the zombie movies with a strong female lead. Most of them do. And guess what? And, uh, <laughs> Resident <sorry>. Evil. <laughs> John, I just want to say, like, the you sent over this Boulevard Brewing 2016 calendar. I want to make this, like, my computer background. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so much good stuff looking on here. Uh, just let me know if there's any other breweries, because I have, like, almost all of them. Mm. They have their release calendars. That Bourbon Barrel Quad, though. Yeah, that November. looks good. The Quad? Yeah, but the Belgians in a Bourbon Barrel seems like the Bourbon Barrel would overpower it the depends Quad. depends on how strong they I mean, it's a fine line. All right. Well, anyways, we're not a... There we're was, not a beer podcast? <laughs> we, oh, is that we, what you're <laughs> We are a beer podcast, I guess, but we're... Nerd culture podcast. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Before you jump over, uh, E three just happened this past week. I was actually jumping into E three. Oh. Okay. Cool. Because okay. I was just gonna say. Um, cool. That God of War footage made me be like, okay, maybe a PS four would be the way to go. Oh, uh, you mean Norse? 
God yeah. of War? God yeah, of Norsk uh, War? God of Thor. Yeah. See what I did there? I kind of took Yeah, Thor, that's good. Thor, but Thor, yeah. I was looking for that joke, and you found it. I oh, like, thank you. I like my PS4 a lot. Mm-hmm. Even though it's just, as Paul likes to call it, my Witcher machine. Yeah. Right now. Is it not? Your well, Witcher machine? I feel machine? like my... Uh, Xbox 360 became my Diablo 3 machine. 3 machine as soon as I started playing that. Like, that was like the last game that I needed. Like, I can still just boot that up and have a blast with it. And, and I say that, John, only because I don't have a next generation console. Because I felt like. And you are constantly buying computer games? Yeah, and I'm constantly <laughs> buying games on PC because I can play the newest. I can play Witcher 3 on the PC. I haven't started loot, uh, booted it up yet because I know that as soon as I start, that'll be it. Uh, man, did you guys see the re uh, the re Skyrim? Skyrim. Did he did he yeah. see that it's also going to be free for this guy? No. Yeah, if you have if you own Skyrim Complete Edition on PC, it's a free download. Wow, that's nice. That's I'd, buy it. For, cool. I'd buy for it. I'd buy Skyrim. Uh, uh, for Skyrim Remastered, because basically it's they're taking the PC mods of the <laughs> that. That their own users have created, you know, the high-res textures and everything, and basically selling it to you PlayStation 4 members. I'll take it. <laughs> and then they're giving it to us for free. I still, I'd still pay for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I actually own Skyrim 4 Complete Edition because I bought it on Steam. Because Steam is amazing, guys. Ooh, Steam. Uh, it was cheaper than... Buying the Dongard DLC and also the other DLC for it to buy the complete edition. Uh, and also, Microsoft announced that they they are no longer going to just sell their Microsoft games on the Microsoft like app marketplace, but they're going to start using Steam. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Are they going to sell their games? Are they going to for so, computer their computer, computer games, games? Yeah. Because I was just thinking like 360 and Xbox and stuff. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, well, now with Windows 10, it's all compatible. You know, it's Windows 10 is on Xbox One, Windows 10 is on PC. It's all supposed to be one platform. Ah. Remember how you can cross-play your games for on PC and also Xbox One? No. Okay. Well, you can. Yeah, maybe I should have got an Xbox One. You don't have a PC that can play anything. Oh. Your PlayStation, PlayStation Four for you was your best was the best choice. I really do. And with PlayStation VR coming out, oh, Batman VR is going to be so cool. Is it? It's going to be cool. Yeah, you're going to grapple hook someplace and then beat up guys and then grapple hook someplace else and then beat up guys. It's going to be cool. <laughs> That's what I look for in a Batman game. So yeah, it's going to be cool. Imagine. Lighting in the city in VR. Um, yeah, be VR cool. is just not for me. I know. I like have you have you even put on like Google Cardboard and or any I, kind of? I yeah, have, we did it in your kitchen. It's cool, but I don't. It's, it's cool. I don't need it? Like I know you don't need it, but it's cool. It is cool, but I don't know. It's. I don't need maybe a PlayStation. Like, maybe I've just reached the age where I don't like anything new. <laughs> um, <laughs> The kids today. Have you said that yet? Kids I, today. I've said a lot. <laughs> Boy, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Florida's like, changed I, you. I think it's awesome, but yeah, I I don't have to have it. It's not Florida. It's the bath salts. Faces are delicious. You <laughs> shut up. 
uh, I don't think I would buy it. Mm-hmm. If somebody gave it to me, I'd use it. But I'm not asking for it, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're buying it for yourself to use when you come to my house. <laughs> and you're going to start inviting yourself over more often. Hey, I, uh, I got something in my car. I don't know. Uh, hey, look. Johnny, just hold out here. Uh, just stopping by and uh, maybe play some video games. I love that I'm Kermit the Frog right now. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're definitely like reporter Kermit from Sesame okay. Street. Hey, yo. Hey, uh, John, I just need you to hold these cords so I don't accidentally trip myself or strangle myself. All right. Hmm. Here we go, Batman! Woo! <laughs> John, how did our front window get broken? McGowan! He bat-fisted it right through the window. Uh, no, but the, there were some other great, really cool-looking games. We got to see Tal-tall, uh, the Telltale uh, Batman. Yep, talked about that last week. Um, that looked good. The uh, Kojima, mm-hmm. that game, whatever that is. Yeah, dark. I don't remember the name of it, but the Norman Reedus game. Yeah. The Norman Reedus simulator. <laughs> Pretty much. That and all the dead whales. Did you see uh, Resident Evil 7? What did you guys uh, think about that? Uh, I didn't. I'm, I'm excited that they're doing Resident Evil 7, but nothing about the trailer made me be like, hey, I'm excited for the game itself. Because it's first person. It's no longer a third person view. But it looks like it's definitely getting back to that intense creep factor. Yeah. I um, I didn't understand the song choice either. When we, the trailer. Because it talks about dying. Oh. Like, I think that's, that's it. Paul, you and I played 5, and that was kind of towards the end for me for Resident mm-hmm. Evil games. Um, I didn't play 6. I still think, what, 4 was the best. I think four, I own 6, awesome, but man. I haven't I was, played it. I was so excited for 5 after playing 4, and I just could not get into it. No. I played through all of 5, but, yeah, because they in, in, included the co-op, which was... We, which we tried to do, two. and all of a sudden, like, we weren't getting extra... It was weird. It didn't work out for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the only co-op like zombie game you need is Left 4 Dead. So just give us more Left 4 Dead. Well, they said they they're working on a three. Well, they're they're working on a lot of things over at <laughs> yeah. Valve. That doesn't mean you will ever ever see it. Yeah, usually the number three means it's not coming out from Valve. I mean, if they just Look gave me new levels, Half Life Three. That's the Half Life Three joke. Um, Sorry, guys. I've I've heard disappointing things about the Final Fantasy 15 demo. Uh, Even though the game itself looked awesome, I guess the demo itself isn't good. Uh, I, I thought you were just driving around looking for trouble. Basically. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at E3 stuff now. Okay. Uh, we didn't talk about talking about it, but we're going to talk about it. Uh, we talked about talking about it, and you guys were like, ah, there's never anything good from yeah. E3. Well, we talked about talking about it for an entire episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like, Watch Dogs 2 looks good, but I never finished the first Watch Dogs. Like, I need to through that one. I enjoy it, though. I got... I got really nothing. From E3. So, uh... Oh, right. We're doing Dishonored 2, which I never played the first one, but I heard really good things about it. I just heard it was really short. I liked Dishonored. Uh, yeah. It was good. It, um, yeah, it was, I mean, shorter, but if you think about it, it's an older game. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't planning on for something super epic. And I mean, if you make it a little bit harder, everything's a little more challenging. You have to be more stealth-like. Uh, now, well, in uh, Dishonored 2, you know, you can play the Emily character. 
which uh, she's a... It's the princess that you saved, I believe. Yeah, but she has, like, shadowy powers, and... Yeah, she's probably been trained... You're her guardian. Mm -hmm. In the first one... Ooh, we're going to talk shit about computer games from John. In the first one, the the person you're playing as was someone who is basically her guard. Mm -hmm. She's kidnapped, you're um, blamed for her death, and are put in jail, and you're going to get executed. Oh, bad guys. And then you escape through the help of these other political figures who want you to execute the people who put you in jail, who are the cause of killing the queen and stealing the Double princess. Double Dragon 3. And then while you're doing this, there's this spirit guy that you doesn't really explain it that's giving you these shadow powers. Oh, Golden Axe. That you then <laughs> use to beat both sides because you're betrayed. But you end up Wait, you've been saving. You, oh. <laughs> you end up saving the girl, Bioshock. and then the girl becomes she becomes the queen, and this is going to be like that second half of that story of an older her oh, who's Legend been trained by you to have these powers. Legend of Zelda, though, that looks pretty decent. Oh, that one actually. Yeah, the, that the, the, uh, uh, the wind, wind of the seven. wild. Tekken Seven. Yeah. Huh. Remember when they were doing the Street Fighter cross Tekken and then Tekken cross Street Fighter? Yeah. We never got half of those games. Yeah, we we got with the one X, but not the second X. Uh, and I forget which one. If I load up Steam, I could tell you uh, because we, we I own Street one. Fighter oh, one. We just never got the one that was being developed by the Tekken team. I think I have Tekken 5 because that came out for PC. Maybe. Uh, we got a release date for The Last Guardian. Yeah. October oh, 25th. That's, Jeez, that's actually a game up. that I would play. And that's I, a PlayStation really exclusive. Yeah. So there you go. Another, we Chris, we talk about this all the time when we're deciding to buy a console or not. Uh, you know the the scale. You know, then every time a new video game gets announced as an exclusive, you kind of put another weight on that scale. You know, one versus the other. Last Guardian now having a confirmed uh, date. Does that tip your scale all the way to PlayStation Four? Um, it it definitely tips it a lot more. I'm still just in that mind frame of like, oh, I have an Xbox 360. Like they're working on the one being more backwards compatible. Like week by week, they're adding more games to it. Yeah, but there's no reason but, for you to get rid of your 360. Exactly, except for the fact that it's getting old and I'm having problems like with it opening the door and stuff now. Um, but man, the, like the PS4, like it's it's got all the games that I want because I've never been an exclusive fan. Like uh, Gears of War, I enjoyed playing those, but it's more because John and I played those co-op split screen. It, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't need to play Gears of War. I haven't played any Gears of War since you and I played through two. Yeah, when we, did that one come out? Like two thousand eight. Yeah, I, I never, and I never. I think I played maybe a little bit of three, but it wasn't fun because we weren't playing it together. Yeah, so I, I don't know. PS4 definite, definite edge, just on the Final Fantasy side because I, I, I would play fifteen regardless of what people say about some of Final Fantasy nerd. But Last Guardian, I really love me some Shadow of the Colossus. And, this is one of those games that's just so steeped in legend now that I wouldn't let the hype get to me or let me down. I just want to play that game. Yeah. Uh, Battlefield 1, which is like World War 1, I'm looking forward to. That looks good. Because my favorite first-person shooter 
even online multiplayer gaming mm-hmm. was uh, World at War. Yeah, but that wasn't Battlefield. It wasn't Battlefield, but I'm just Call saying Call of Duty. Call of Duty. That was what. That's my favorite game, huh. and I like. I hadn't played it for a while, so I traded it in, and I kicked myself that I got rid of it because I enjoyed playing that the most out of any first-person shooter. That was the one with the sniper level that was basically enemy at the gate, right? Where yeah, you're okay. the Russian and you don't have any, you have like one bullet. Yeah. And then you had to like hide in the fountain of dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was the coolest level that I think I played through in a Call of Duty game. Yeah, it was just a, it was just cool. So I'm looking forward to that World War One. Like they show you flying like those old school planes and everything, and probably having to fight the Red Baron. Like ah, cool. Oh, ah, Snoopy, cool, man. Yeah, Snoopy's in there flying around on a doghouse. <laughs> I enjoyed that Snoopy DLC, that uh, downloadable game. That was pretty uh, fun. But it's weird when they came off the zombie version of it. Yeah, that was no, that that didn't I was, happen. I was making World yes, War I got you, Snoopy. Mm-hmm. What is that? Seven days till you die, or something, where you have to build like a house and then protect it from zombies. Hmm. It looks interesting. That thing, I think that's coming out. That's not an E3 game, though. This is coming out. So I don't own Tekken Five. I own Dead or Alive Five last round. Uh, the I own game. Mm-hmm. I own- <laughs> you got that for the boobs, right? Yep. And I also got uh, Street, but I do have Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Nice. Uh yeah. Well, hey, that was that was more news than I thought we had. Yeah, a lot more, a lot more E eight or E three talk. They're working on video games over at EA. Say, since you mentioned EA, you're going to talk about Mass Effect now. I feel Andromeda, which is coming out 2017, <laughs> maybe. They're working on it. Nothing new. Nothing new. But they're working on it. But they're and working hey. On it. We're working on comic books to buy coming out next week, June twenty second. This yeah. is true. I'm gonna buy Wonder Woman number one. Greg Rucka, guys. How did Starring you like Linda the Carter? Apparently. How did you like the uh, Rebirth? I, I haven't read it. <laughs> I'm so excited. That's though. why I didn't pick Flash because I haven't read the Flash yet. Yeah, but this is Greg Rucka. He won't let me down. It's going to be so sad when he lets me down, right? <laughs> he I won't. don't think he'll let you down. <laughs> no, he won't let me down. It, it's it's something that brought him back to doing like DC work, extreme DC comics again. So I feel I feel good about it. Yeah, editor, stay out of his way. Just let him be. Because otherwise he'll get grumpy and take his ball home. I honestly think, and maybe just, I mean, I honestly hope that DC kind of learned their lesson with the editorial-driven events or stories or even line-wide revamps now, and they'll trust their contributors to do Mm -hmm. what they want to do because... And what they were doing before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's what brings them the most, like, press and, you know, the most sales. I mean, look at Batgirl. Like, Batgirl is... Not a book by any means that you would consider to be at the top of any list ever. But hey, you know what? Definitely one of our favorite books from like 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, uh, take your lessons from Batwoman, where editorial apparently got way too much in the way of the comic book, you uh, know, the, the people working on the book, Greg Rucka, and they just they don't they don't need to be exclusive forever. No. And they can make their money elsewhere. No, Chris, I'm, I'm uh, definitely looking forward to this too. Um, I, I didn't pick this because I knew it would be your pitfall, but yeah, yeah, Wonder Woman definitely. Uh, John, what's your pick? 
my pick is going to be a number one from Image Comics. This is She-Wolf, written and uh, art by Rich Tomasio. And this is a surreal exploration in horror, as a st- the story follows a teenage girl who believes she's been bitten by a savage werewolf. Soon after, she begins to experience fever, nightmarish, and seamlessly that seamlessly bleed into her everyday reality. Chris, what are you uh, what are you looking forward to? Is it another rebirth book? It is, maybe. Um, this week, Captain America: Sam Wilson number ten is coming out, and. Like I've talked about a couple times now when we've been discussing books for the list, I've really enjoyed Captain America by Nick Spencer. Uh, it's making me want to check out the Sam Wilson stuff. Uh, but here I am looking at the uh, solicitation for number 10, and it says, Civil War tie and in a time of crisis, Sam is called upon to honor a fallen hero and speak to a divided nation. But is anyone listening? I don't think this is going to be the best issue to jump in on. Since it's so tied into a current event and storyline that's going through, I, I don't know if I want to buy it now or if I want to wait until Civil War's over. Um, so that's just kind of one of those buying apprehension things. I might pick it up. I might grab something else that I I don't know. I'm I'm in a state of flux right now, guys. And I don't know what to do. Do you think that Sam Wilson is going to become? the next war machine and be like Warhawk or something like that and have more of an iron suit wait uh, I hope not are you a US agent maybe mm, no could you speak up into your mic though I'm right in front of my mic I, yeah, I, but you, you were I don't I don't know like I'm looking you're the one who's reading. always far away from their mic I am you know why I'm because I'm doing reading stuff Captain America Sam Wilson yelling. whenever I decide to get into it I just don't know if this is the right time for me to do it I don't think um, I don't think it is so if that's not going to be my pick which you know I mean next Wednesday is not like the biggest comic book day I've ever had uh, I might wind up grabbing something else that I'm looking forward to I'm looking at the list right now to pick mm-hmm. um Maybe Detective Comics number 935, because I really enjoyed number 934 with Batman and Batwoman putting together their new like crime-fighting school. Ooh. Yeah, that uh, cool. that's definitely one I want to talk about for the uh, look this back? month's look back. Yeah. Nice. What I'm ex- uh, Chris, what I was going to say about... <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Uh, prelude, or lead-up to whenever we do this month's uh, look back... I really like that woman. You should. That's that's all I'll say. She's she's, she's made by Greg Greco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul, that you're looking forward to a Greg Greco book. Yeah, I talked about that, but I was going to say, uh, Chris, you're worried about uh, Civil War ending. It's Marvel. Civil War will never end. Mm-hmm. It'll just roll right into the next thing, which yeah, lead up to the next next thing. thing. So, which, if, what was the next big crossover we had after Civil War was it Secret Invasion? Uh, yes, I believe so. So Secret Invasion 2 yep. coming next year from Marvel Comics. Oh, then we have to live through Siege 2 and Fear Itself 2. I don't, I don't understand why like Fear Itself wasn't that good. Like Matt Fraction was like yep. the main mind behind we, it. You know why? Because it was the cheap ripoff of the War of Light. 
Because everybody, hey, remember how everybody got power rings? Everyone got yeah. everybody gets Mjolnir's, and they change you. Hey, so hey, it's different hey, costumes. Wait, wait, Paul, Paul, I got something. Yeah, I got yeah, something. you got something. You got something. Think about everyone getting hammers. How are you guys doing with your next beer? Ooh, oh, I, we're getting it, hammered. Yes, nice. Go ahead and give yourself some fire fingers on that, Chris. Oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing you it. You should. Can you hear it? Oh, let me pour some beer on it to put it out. Oh, no. This beer is too high in alcohol, percentage-wise. Oh, it no. just started out more fire. Because this is the bitter chocolate oatmeal stout. And I'm yelling into the mic, so I'm going to get farther away. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, nine... This is 11% imperial stout's hitting me now. After we took our pause, I'm like, I started another glass. I'm like, yes, I like it. This is 9.2% alcohol by volume. Not quite that, 11%. But this is uh, this is from their Encore series. Uh, during their 20th anniversary... Which Stone is has, happening right now. Stone has decided that, uh, you know what? We're going to go back into the past and dust off some of those old uh, recipes. And this is actually from, I believe, their 8th anniversary. Uh, this is their bitter chocolate oatmeal stout, if I didn't say that already. And... Uh, this when I first took a sip, I'm like, ooh, so smoky. This is the stone that I know. It's hitting me over the head with flavor. And then uh, as I've been getting into it, and my faculties have all been dulled, uh, this is this is delightful. This is nice. This is uh, got a good bit of chocolate on it. I I think the mouth mouth feel that I it's there, but it's not super chewy because sometimes you can get some oatmeal stouts that feel chewy in your mouth. Uh, this one's good. It's smooth, it's rich, and that bitter chocolate just is barely there, but it's there enough. This was bottled back in uh, yeah, January, January, and I think I picked it up probably in March, and it's been in my basement since. So, so I don't do you know. Think letting it sit for that extra couple months, let it level out a little bit, take no, that kind of stone edge off of it. I don't think. It, I think any time on it's probably hurt it more than helped it. I think so as well. Uh, it does say that you can cellar and cellar at your, you know, a steady cellar temperature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this definitely is good. This is no Yeti. This is no mm-hmm. Imperial Stout oatmeal cookie or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't get much flavor more than just an Imperial Stout kind of flavor. There's a little maybe of a bitter chocolate. I get, I get it on the back end, like aftertaste, like. It's more on the aftertaste. You count to three, and then I get... My tongue is just completely... Like, I just had a, like, Godiva dark chocolate square in my mouth that's now dissolved. And, you know... um, And that's what I really like on it. That that aftertaste is great. I like the smoky up front on it, too. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, we've aged it for six months. Um but, no, I mean, it's it's not bad. I would look more into some of these Encore bottles to see what's going on. But I like the stone that we're getting now more than I ever have, like, the stone from the past. Mm-hmm. So, so should I kind of dip my toes back into that Stone River and not just do uh, on, the, yeah. uh, the Enjoy Buy stuff? Should you know, I try more of the regular releases again? Yeah, I would. it's also been years since I've had a lot of it. I definitely would do that, and I'm going to definitely look out for more of these Encore series because I'm a different beer drinker now yeah. than I was when I would have first had these stones as well. We've always dipped our toes back into the stone, and we've always agreed that yeah, it's stone. It's way overboard. 
in the last couple of years, I believe they've made it so they're more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Like they have a citrus wit coming out. That's their big new release of their Ooh. big new beer. Um, and, you know, with the fact that they're constantly doing these enjoy buys mm-hmm. instead of doing them like once or twice a year, now they're doing them every few months. On top of the fact that they're just releasing all different kinds of beers. Uh, I really liked um, in the late late winter, early spring, they had a um, espresso stout. I still have one in my fridge. We had the uh, that uh, Mexican cinnamon one, which I yeah. I loved. Mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing. N- next year when that comes around, I'm buying a six pack and I'm drinking it all. Like that's a, that to me was a perfect Christmas beer. You notice how listeners he said we loved it, and then he's like, yeah, I'm going to get it, and I'm drinking it all by myself. <laughs> I'm going to drink it all by myself. He made eye contact with me just to let him know that I was getting none of it. You didn't like it as much as I. I'm did. looking at you, listeners, right now, and we by you go- I mean my internet screen <laughs> i'm watching my voice go up and down as i talk because that's what the little lines do mm-hmm. uh no i mean like i think the stone of today is better than the stone of yesterday have you had anything from sierra nevada recently because that's a brewery that i feel like i should always i like their norwal more than i do Norwal's good but oh, that's Norwal's good. it's like always that been good mm-hmm. but that's like a darker beer. Like, I like their rye. for drinking that one than I do any of yeah, the The rye's good. The rye that comes out during the fall, early winter is really good. Well, here's the thing, too. Those is, are the two that... And I, I go... I always want to try the beer camps, but the price point on them are so high. Price, price point this year is insane. It's 29-something. So yeah. once you've bought it with tax, it's, it's tax? like $32. Yeah. And you get two beers... It has like a total of like thirty-seven different brewers working on beers um, from different regions, but nobody has produced like an amazing beer out of that whole pack. Any Too many re- cooks in the kitchen? Any I, reviews I've seen? Price per beer, though, that's still not bad. Price per bottle, thirty dollars divided by twelve is You're like two fifty each. Ooh, good math. Yeah, but if you think you get a 12-pack of, even like Stone right now has their Ruination 2.0, um, their IPA with the a black IPA and their Citrus Wit. With it being Stone, which are always a high price point, is $20. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only other thing that's that expensive, I think it's like 22 to $25, is the Sculpin box. Mm-hmm. Uh, Southern Tier twenty two dollars. It's their double double IPA Gemini and Unearthly. Oh, the Gemini. Yeah, yeah that uh, box of their uh, select IPAs because you can get the cheaper box of IPAs. Pack, uh, pack of Pals. Pack of Pals, which yeah. now has two X IPA, IPA Live, and two X Tangier. I still have not had 2X Tangier. Or just regular Tangier. I, I'm going to see if they have that at the beer store tomorrow. Okay. Tangier I've seen, but I have not seen 2X. Tangier's good. I, I really like that one. I don't think I had it for the show. I think that was one of those beers that I just I, saw it and I bought it. 2X Tangier, uh, I'd say, Chris, buy it a uh, single bottle first. Okay. Because I love 3X, uh, 3 Peel. 3 Citrus Peel Out. Yeah, so good. I still, I still need to get that one. Uh, good luck. 
Tangier I uh, just bought in cans. And also the flat tire citronus. Citronellic. Citronellic, yeah. Oh, no, the Citronesis, that was the... Uh, Lagunitas. Lagunitas one, yeah. Ooh. Which, that one was good. It's not in cans, though. Not in cans. Yeah. Uh, one day I went to the store and I was can-obsessed, so I just bought some cans. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Hey, speaking hey, about... Uh, Rubius in cans. Nine, I haven't had a Rubius. Nine, it's like a nine-pack. Yeah, but I don't... Rubius is just so sweet. It's sweet, but... Man, it's, but like, if, good. John, what do I say? I what? What do? Where? Well, blah 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 blah. You just came a murloc. Paul. Yeah. <laughs> that, apparently, that's the best part of World of Warcraft, the movie. I. It's a fun nod. I don't know. Like I, the more I think about Warcraft, the more I'm like, yeah. Like I, I really dug that movie. You saw I, it. We yeah. talked about it last week on the show. I for, I'm stoned. <laughs> I, Call my Steve Austin. Um, oh, Paul, we should I'd open say, that other stone. <laughs> I'd say I'd, I'd put it like a 7 out of 10. It's home. <laughs> Just chugged his beer. Go ahead, Chris. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was uh, drinking I, my I beer. I'm sorry. I'd put it like a 7 out of 10. Like, okay. It's, it's a good movie. Like I, do, I was entertained by it. I liked it. That's good. Uh, talking about being entertained, we want to entertain our listeners with a dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading from Archie. Number Why are you doing it in the voice that I'm going to do for the thing? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Yeah, you finish it. Just finish it. Just finish it. Dramatic reading in that voice. You. <laughs> You didn't go over. Do you I start went over, over it again. You no. didn't start over again. No. Where'd you no. leave off? Where'd you no. leave off? Where'd you no. leave off? No. Last week, I went over a couple different dramatic reading voices with you guys. Got your input. Some was ready to go. I saw this. This week, I just. You no. Know, I didn't know that was going to be your voice. But this is a dramatic reading from Archie. Number eight. Page five. Panel five. I'm going to doomfist it, too. Archie Andrews! You've already destroyed my house. You will not have my home! And that was Skeletor. <laughs> really? Yeah, that, was so, like, that wasn't doomfist as much as it was Skeletor from the very first Christmas special. <laughs> no. Well, well, I couldn't do it. Paul did my voice in the beginning. I couldn't do it. At... Archie number eight, panel eight, <laughs> page five, panel five. You know. <laughs> hey, Archie. <laughs> the main topic, guys. The main, main topic. topic. Hey, here we are. Um, Afternoon like drinking's another. harder than day drinking, apparently. <laughs> I didn't know that. It's, it's been a while since we've done a later episode. Uh, but like we said up at the top of the show, this coming Sunday is Father's Day, so we decided we would take a look at some of our favorite father figures in comic books today, or maybe yesterday. I looked up, up at a picture of a father's figure. <laughs> Oh, the, the father that has tons of blood coming out of him because he's hooked up to the red. Yeah, and not not Jesus, listeners. Buddy Barker. Animal man. Yeah, animal man. <laughs> this is a print that uh, Chris got me for uh, my birthday and or Christmas. I can't remember what it was. I believe it was Christmas because I got all. I got my one too. Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll I still have a rainbow that I got for myself yet. They're very nice. I'm glad they're there. And they look really nice in this room. They do. But, uh... 
John and I were talking about this uh, pre-show, and you guys know who I am, and you guys know I love the Fantastic Four. You know I'm going to talk about Reed Richards. So I'm going to let you guys start talking about some other father figures. I think one of those father figures in comic books that I've always had some love for, and whether he showed up in the normal Flash book or if he was helping out Impulse when he was Kid Flash and then the Flash, is Jay Garrick. Oh, nice. He's always had this kind of... that elder statesman, but he, with all those characters, they wrote him in as that father figure, and he's always been somebody who I've always looked for in a book, and like when Wally in Kingdom Come kind of wears the helmet, takes on that mantle of the Flash that way, I loved it. Like, I was like, oh, that's such a great nod to Jay mm-hmm. Garrick, this father figure that he had. Uh, because I never had Wally West as Kid Flash with Barry, so Barry never was that father figure in the Flash books for me. It was always Jay Garrick. I like that, uh, especially since, you know, when I, I love JSA, and they've always made JSA that elder statesman. You know, they're the ones that are showing young heroes how to be heroes, especially in the uh, Jeff Johns run and uh, where they brought in the younger heroes and Jay Garrett. And even in those issues, like uh, going back, like, Jay Garrett cannot have kids. Like it's just one of those things from the heavy, heavy water that he inhaled that made him the Flash. It's just one of those things. And it's so... He, him being that surrogate father to all the other Flash, Flash family just, you know, kind of hits home a little bit. Because he's that uncle. You know, he, he might not be blood-related, but, you know, that the speed force, you know, makes him a relation. And, yeah, I, I really like that. Yeah, because sometimes fathers don't need to be blood-related. And that's why nice. when we were talking about it, it's like, father figures? Because mm-hmm. that's definitely who he is for Wally, and but Bart especially. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely for Bart. And I was, that's one of those things I liked about when Bart became the Flash, was there was that tie-in with him going to uh, Jay and everything. Mm-hmm. And I like that dynamic. From Flash, the fastest man alive. And if you want to get like next level on this too, you can even go, say, the entire JSA was the father figure to superheroes in the DC Universe as a whole with him and Ellen Scott, like those two, I think, are kind of the paramounts of what it means to be a superhero in the DC universe. Yeah, because uh, not and it, also Wildcat like personal touch, like you have in the Flash family, but they kind of set the standard and introduce people what it means to be a hero. I really like Wildcat in that uh, vein too, because he's the one that doesn't have powers, but he's like, no, you you got to do what's right. You know, you, you got to put your dukes up and fight for what's right, and you don't back down. You know, and he's and he he does that with a uh, black canary quite a bit, even in the uh, cartoon. Cartoon, I love him. I yeah, I love that. <laughs> like so, if even if you haven't read the comics, just go get on Netflix and watch those Justice League Unlimited cartoons with with a uh, Wildcat yeah. and the Black Canary. I, I think it's, all the Black Canary and Green Arrow stuff is awesome in mm-hmm. that series. You know why? Because it also crosses over with uh, Huntress and uh, The Question. question. Oh, so yeah. good. Double Date? What's it called? Like Date Night or yeah. something? Double yeah. Date or Date Night, yeah. 
oh, favorite so episode of that entire series. So so good. It was no Justice League Unlimited. It's definitely the Flash. Flash and Substance is my yeah, favorite. Yeah, it's good. One. Is that the one where he's like palling around with the rogues? Uh, kind of. It's the rogues are out to kill him, and it's Batman uh, and Orion. Batman and Orion show up because they know the rogues are trying to kill him. But the Flash is oh, like, yeah. yeah, like Flash is like, hey, you know, what are you, what are you doing now? And Trix is like, oh, I'm sorry, I'll go back tomorrow <laughs> or like whatever. Uh, are you <laughs> off your meds again? Yeah, I feel better without him. Come on, that's not how they work, James. What is it to the uh, the Booster Gold one? Like greatest story oh, never, never told. told. That one's yeah. yeah. We, I think mm-hmm. uh, since we we're planning out episodes, I think we need to do the whole one about Justice League. Yeah, just favorite episodes, yeah, like there's... the premier for our premier, premier, premier. Yeah, just primer. talking about the show makes me want to like go back and watch them. I watched sure. like I watched like three or four episodes for my like on my birthday. Sometimes on a Saturday morning, like I'll just sit in bed, oh. eat breakfast in bed, and just watch this. That'll be good. I think I'm gonna are do they that. still on Netflix? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Let's. <laughs> Find a week we don't have anything planned for and pencil I think, this one in. I think we need to go through and we each pick out like two episodes and then we discuss. Well, you them. guys just heard one of them, <laughs> but there's, there's so like, many what, three seasons worth. Like there's there's a lot there. Well, we would include the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Right? I think they're attached in the. Um, no, no, they're two different icons. In Netflix. Are, they, are you yeah. sure? Yes, I'm positive. Yeah, I I'm think positive. So. <laughs> All right. Uh. Because of the epilogue is a great episode. Anyways, we're talking about oh, father epilogue. figures. Oh my god! Yeah, but where well, they tie it into Batman yeah, Beyond? Sorry. Well, let's <laughs> look forward to episode number. <laughs> find out. Oh, episode number Murloc. Chris, <laughs> <laughs> who's your favorite father figure? Um, High pitch murmur making its way back. <laughs> Heavy drinking. Um, we'll do it. I, I can only imagine. As a parent, you want your children to do better and be more and have more than what you were when you were their age. And for one person more than anything, I think that holds true. And that is Mr. Bruce Wayne with Batman. Um, you can fault him all you want for bringing children into the line of fire. Yeah, I will. <laughs> and, and you can. I said you can. You're allowed to. But ultimately... He has raised an entire group of not just kids, but troubled teens, su- like superheroes, like on his own with with the help of Alfred to be more than what they ever could have been or would have been by not just giving them the means to fight back, but the the direction not to make the same mistakes that he did, and you can take a look at Batman and be like, oh man, he's he's messed up. Like, who does this? Mm-hmm. Why well, you can look at the long line of Robins or Batgirls or anyone else, spoiler, any of the Batman lieutenants. He's stepped in and he's taken kind of that guiding hand to any of those heroes and pointed them in the right direction. Yeah. Then they would have gone on their own. Okay, I can understand the writer direction because I'm like, man, he's made some mistakes. You know, you got the Red Hood, you got the spoiler that started the war games, you got Cassie Kane that was basically a murderer from the onset. You got, 
you know, and then uh, I don't even know where Tim hey, Drake hey, is he, anymore. He loves all his children just the same. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think Batman, more than anyone, has maybe one of the strongest supporting casts, and I'd say The Flash is probably like a number two right there next to him. Uh, but there's so much greatness there behind the scenes, and it is because of that relationship. Even if you think back to when they did relaunch the new 52 mm-hmm. with Batman number one by Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder, like we loved seeing Batman there with all those Robins. We, yeah. we might have had to sit down and talk about, like, well, that one's Dick because he's not as tall as Bruce, but he's taller than everyone else. Like, yeah, yeah. But it was a great familial moment in that book between those characters. And, and that's what was so weird about Teen Titans, right? Like, that suddenly Tim wasn't... Ah! I'm getting de- fi- do new 52. You, you, got, you got new 52 there, but I, I think it still works in what they were doing with it. Um, he didn't raise Damien quite right either. No, so but, weird. But here's the thing, like, at no point did he ever kind of, like, cast him aside. Yeah. You but, didn't have enough time with Bruce and Damien, because you had that where he was introed, then he was killed, and then Grant Morrison wanted it more about Dick and yeah. Damien. But you did have those moments, like, in the Batman Inc. stuff, where Bruce knew that he had a psycho killer sitting mm-hmm. next to him, so he was doing what he could to bring that kid back from that. It's it's the Dexter of the DC comic book world. It's, you know, the... What was it? Showtime, or was that HBO? Show, uh, stars? Star, whatever. That's Dexter, the serial killer that was raised by a cop. That's what I always got from the Bruce... Uh, Damien relationship I really like I feel more like Dick Grayson was more of a father figure to Damien where he actually cared and like everything that I get from Bruce Wayne Bruce Wayne and Batman to all the lieutenants bat lieutenants is no he's the mentor he's the sensei he's the instructor I never get like a father figure from it no I, I definitely he's a yeah, I definitely see those moments, and like they they have those even in the cartoons, Batman animated series, you have those kind of things. But definitely, Bruce looks upon those kids. He definitely, you know, he definitely looks upon Dick that way. He definitely looks upon Tim that way. Uh, I mean, he he might look at Jason that way too, but Jason's kind of like that redheaded stepchild, <laughs> literally. It's just like uh, I could have done so much more with that kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think definitely in those moments with those characters and how those characters feel about Bruce, they're his father, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's adopted them, he's he's brought them in, and they have those moments where they can call upon him. They can defy him, they can stand up to him, they can do whatever. He's given mm-hmm. him those abilities to do that. And I think there definitely is a huge father-son dynamic with those characters. It's different in every single version of those characters because mm-hmm. none of them are the same. Even if you want to look at, you know, Cassie Kane or uh, Stephanie Brown with Spoiler, like he made Steph a Robin and ultimately 
she kind of dropped the ball on it. But what did she do after she dropped the ball? She played the I want to make daddy proud game mm-hmm. and tried to show him that she was capable of not just the title Robin, but like the job. Yeah. And then she went to South Africa for a little while. That was Leslie. Her, her uh, surrogate mother. That would be the Mother's Day. <laughs> so read Richards, guys. Hmm. Uh, just, so, just so you know, when I typed up the episodes for this, I was like, I posed it as a question. It was like, who are our favorites? Who gets to unwrap the tie? Does Paul mention Reed Richards? <laughs> <laughs> you know I will. I knew you would. Uh, no, Reed Richards uh, is probably the comic book character that reminds me most of my own father. Um, he's just that guy that's constantly tinkering, constantly building, and that's as there's something about that I, that I just respect. You know, anybody that can make anything out from their hands. Uh, my own dad, you know, he he's not a carpenter by trade. He's a draftsman by trade, uh, and a carpenter by yeah, just convenience. Convenience, and by it just he taught himself how, himself how to you know build cabinets and do all the, the word working himself to fix his car. Uh, yeah, he taught me like basic auto me- uh, auto mechanics. You know, I can change my own brakes. I can change my own oil. Uh, I know how to put in a new alternator. All because my dad kind of taught me this stuff. You know, uh, it's. He, he he's always been that way where if you can do it yourself, why not? You know, even if you have to take the time and teach yourself a little bit, do it yourself. So, and Reed Richards is definitely that kind of guy. He's Th- that's what you project onto Reed Richards. Maybe, <laughs> but no, he's constantly in the lab tinkering, working on things, and he's he's his own made inventor. And sometimes you got to just make something that will work. The difference between your father and Reed Richards is your father knows to take that moment to come out of the lab. He doesn't talk about what he did in the lab and then spend that time with his family. Yeah. Where Reed Richards needs Sue to, to remind him, him yeah. to be a father. I think Reed, when he's reminded, does do that. But I feel like Reed is a step away from his kids. His kids are always the second thought from whatever else he's doing or what's coming on. Uh, you know, and sometimes, like, when I was growing up, I, you know, you, I think, uh, you know, as a younger version of myself, I always felt my like my dad was a little bit farther removed. And, of course, my mother was, but my mom was a stay-at-home mom. You know, I, I lived a blessed life, guys. That's <laughs> how it is. I... <laughs> I live the, the man, American dream. The man whose parents are still together. Yes. A stay-at-home mom and a dad that worked hard and knew how to do stuff with his hands. Like, that's Americana right there, right? Like, if we're talking about superhero comic book Americana, I lived it. <laughs> uh, and Reed Richards, yeah, some of my favorite moments in the Fantastic Four are those moments where Reed is like, he's building something he's doing something and it turns out at the very end no i did this for my family it it's the one thing that my family needs to protect you know to keep ourselves safe i'm doing this because 
the negative zone is right there. It's going to be coming through, so... Oh, a nihilist is pissed. Mm-hmm. And he's in love with Johnny Storm. <laughs> and he's he coming is. for you. Uh-huh. It's true. I'm tinker this away. He's he's only separated from his family because it's the only way he knows how to protect his family. You know, my dad is working so hard at his job and he's spending so much, you know, time away. He's working overtime because it's the only way he knows to put food on the table. So it's that relationship that I... It's the one reason I always go back to the Fantastic Four. Really, honestly, truly... Like, it's that Reed Richards. That's why I love Reed Richards. It's just that that idea of the tinkerer, the guy that's just works so hard for his family. Uh, in the Mark Wade uh, Fantastic Four, he even talks about why he made them superheroes. It's because when they came back from space, they were all genetic freaks and going to be lab experiments. So the only way out of that was to make them superheroes... And that way they would be above all that. It was the one way he could save his family. That's why he named himself Mr. Fantastic. And to put himself above just a, a lab rat. Yeah, so that's why I love Reed Richards. That's it's a lot. Yeah, like you said, John, it's a lot of inferring and projecting <laughs> that I do. But uh, does it, at the end of the day, I enjoy it. Yeah. And does it matter that I project that? I, I hope that writers lean into that a little bit? Then give it to me a little bit more? It's like your favorite song. You infer to what you want, right? I don't know. You, uh, you, you put a lime in a coconut, yeah. you're going to drink it all up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Chris, you were right. Reed Richards. I, as soon as I started talking about Father's Day at the beginning of the show, everyone was probably like, eh, Paul's. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I like tinkering around a little bit, you know. I try to build my own things, you know, every once in a while. That's why I built my own lightsaber. That's why I built my own Harry Potter wand. wand. That's why I'm putting together my own arcade cabinet. It's because I like, at the end of the day, I like tinkering. I like figuring things out. I like the puzzle of it. And I like knowing that I made it myself. I think that's always better than just going to Pinterest and following a plan. And, you know... I get the IKEA furniture, or, <laughs> or, or the, you know, I purchased the you know, replica online because it looks the best. None of my stuff looks the best, but I made it, you know. So I'm and I'm it proud. works, and it works. Doesn't have sound, but it works. <laughs> it lights up. It's cool. So who goes next, Paul? Because you're in charge of how. Oh, am I? Things like this work. Do you go next, or do you throw it over to someone else? Uh, I'll, I'll, I went on quite a bit, and I went pretty heartfelt, so I'll let somebody else go next. Chris, uh, Chris, Chris you go. go. Okay, um, my next pick is someone who starts off as a hero, becomes a villain, but then ultimately redeems himself again, and this is actually coming to us from Image Comics Invincible. Oh, spoilers! Yeah, you read the first arc, you know this. Uh, and this <laughs> is going to be Omni-Man, uh, Robert Kirkman's kind of stand-in for... Superman over Invincible. Uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Nolan Grayson. And the reason I love this book is because just kind of how it turns the superhero genre on its head. And it's so much about the struggles of being a young hero and family that, Paul, I'm surprised you you haven't really dipped your toe into this. I've read the first two traits, 
So I've gotten to the point where he turned villain. It is actually a spoiler for me to know that he does redeem himself. Um, and I, I, I'll talk about it a little bit, and maybe you can it's look one at of those it as a spoiler, or maybe you can look at this as being some, one of those things that kind of brings you back into the books. Mm-hmm. It is a stack of shame book for me. It is one of those ones where I'm like, I, I, I really I, should I, get through it because no, there was nothing that put me off from the book. I enjoyed it. It's just one of those ones where I've never made the room and budget or time into read. It, and I, I think it's definitely worth. The reading of it, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, Omni Man is definitely the stand-in for Superman. He's that superhero that can do all and be all to the planet Earth. Uh, but in the background that you learn later is he was actually sent to Earth from an alien planet to start to breed and then ultimately take over the planet for their empire. Uh, but it was his actual being on Earth and then starting a family that turned him against the Viltrumites and learned that no, like, I I have a family that I love, I care for them, I don't want to bring ruination to this planet, this planet's great, uh, and he actually stands against his home race with his son Mark uh, aka titular hero Invincible against the uh, Viltrumite Empire multiple, multiple times <laughs> and I just think it's great that as a parent he can learn from his surroundings and his child or children because surprise uh, down the road Mark does get a half brother what yeah who's half like bug alien Oof, just, gross just imagine like gigantic praying mantises his kid is like half that half human or not half human but half ultramite but they look human enough hmm. um and I think this is one of those books that nobody else can really talk about besides maybe John. I only I read, read up the, to like that point. I no, I only read. Um, I had the first twelve issues in print. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so you guys, I think both of you guys have read more than I have. It's I, one, and well, that's, don't they it's, reveal, like don't they reveal his uh, Mark's dad is like a traitor in like issue number like six or is it later? It's in the it's, second trade. Okay, wow. Or it's maybe it's even the third trade. I, th- I think it's the third trade. It, it might be the third. Because I think I, I okay, maybe I've read three trades on. Yeah, because I think Chris was letting you borrow them, or you bought them. I bought a couple. I have a couple on my shelf. I'm not sure how many, but it's like one of those things. When I stopped going to Don's Atomic Comics, like that was one of the like standbys, like okay. slow week where I needed to make ten dollars for my to use your credit card. To use my credit card. <laughs> Uh, I would buy a trade of Invincible. It was like one of those standby ones, like that and Queen and Country. Like uh, all, all of the Invincible trades are named after sitcoms. Yes, I do love so, that. So without pulling them out, number three is entitled Perfect Strangers. Which so one? I'm, I'm guessing it was actually trade number three where yeah. you learned that uh, Omni Man is a mm-hmm. traitor to Earth. But wow. it, it all comes down to the, like, him fighting against Invincible. And the two of them just beating each other to a bloody pulp that Omni-Man like, flees Earth and then kind of puts himself in a timeout to think about what he's done. And ultimately learns that, yeah, you know what, he does love his life and the family that he's created. And doing bugs. <laughs> and doing bugs. I mean, it gets lonely out there in space. And also you get... It's like. 
later down the road get a lot of like really cool stuff between Omni Man and Alan the Alien. Yeah, <laughs> I always like, loved Alan. Favorite Man. characters in that book. Just shows up because he's like, ah, you know, if you're a champion, I gotta fight him. All right, good, um, good job. I'm out. Spoilers for like twelve volumes down the road. <laughs> uh, Alan the Alien becomes the leader of like the coalition of planets, and is like one of the strongest beings in the universe. <laughs> But yeah, um, it's a great book. If you haven't read it, it's everything that's great about superhero books, but just kind of twisted a little bit. It's still recognizable, but something completely different from what you expect it to be, and and I love that. Well, I don't want to end the show, because I think I went on a pretty good rant. <laughs> Reed Richards. So I'm going to go next, if you don't mind, John. That's fine. I'm going to uh, talk about the Reed Richards of Earth 614 now. Yeah. He's no. the one that showed his biceps. And I... <laughs> I'm actually going to talk about Jonathan Kent. Because uh, my linchpin argument, linchpin argument for uh, Jonathan Kent is he should be the tie-in, the anchor for Superman to his humanity. He's the guy that makes Clark Kent Clark Kent. And without Jonathan Kent... He would just be Kal-El, right? And as soon as you kill off Jonathan Kent, you make the Superman character Spider-Man. Superman's motivation shouldn't be that he lost his father and now he's going to go off and do good. He's going to do good because that's how he was raised. Because Jonathan Kent is back on the farm doing the hard work that most Americans don't want to do, which is farming. <laughs> and... And he's going to... No, why, why would you need to do that? We can just uh, genetically modify everything to do it for us. Yeah. <laughs> and Superman's going to go out and doing the backbreaking work of you know saving all our dumbasses. It's just who Superman is. He's going to do good because that's what he does. What Jonathan Kent raised him to do. I, I hate in the original Christopher Reeve Superman that they kill off Jonathan Kent and then he's like, well, I gotta go find myself now. So sad sack Superman. No, Superman shouldn't be sad sack. He shouldn't be... The driving force behind him isn't tragedy. The driving force behind Clark Kent is hope. That his dad works hard on the ranch, on the farm, because tomorrow will be even a, an even better day. He plants. You know, he's a farmer. He plants seeds hoping that they'll yield more crops and things will get better. You know, that's that's the inspiration. That's it right there, right? Like, Superman will go out and save people because he hopes that that person will then go out and help somebody else. Like, each good deed is him sowing a seed of good. And, and killing off Jonathan Kent, I think, does a disservice to the Superman character. I think Jonathan Kent should be alive at all times with Super. As long as there's a Superman title, there should be a Jonathan Kent. Uh, I, I, agree. I agree. I agree. I ranted. That was, no, that and that's it's all good stuff because I agree. Like, I don't read a lot of Superman stuff. He's just not a character that's interesting to me. But, but when he's Kent's. most interesting is when he's back at home talking mm -hmm. to Monpa. And because it's the humanity of it that makes Superman interesting. God damn it, DC. Just let him have a beer with his dad. Don't make it well, craw root beer. Have the like, Bullshit. Rebirth 52. Aren't his parents alive again? 
I, I don't even know yet because it's not even the super it's not even the Superman that we had originally. It's now the Superman we had before the new fifty two. Which I, did I did I buy Superman like Rebirth or did someone else? I, I did. I bought like okay. either Action Comics or Superman. Rebirth. I thought you bought both. I might have bought in both, but I've only read. This is what happens when you just buy comic books and you haven't had a chance to read them yet. Um, but no, I, I completely agree, and that was kind of one of the heart-wrenching things about um, Identity Crisis, too. Mm-hmm. When, you know, Superman visits, like, his family farm mm-hmm. after things start going south. And then, like, Ma Kent has that line where she's like, I bet Batman never has to, like, put up with this with his parents or whatever mm-hmm. the line is. And it's just like, you have that look on Superman's face where she's like, Oh, she doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't know. Like she doesn't get this. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's something that's kind of just overlooked in superhero comics as a general. Is that, like yes, they are a product of their upbringing, whether it's with the family or with without. Like that's that's the origin story. That's mm-hmm. just kind of what sets them on that path. But it's who they are with that family that makes them that character. And I think with Superman, that's what is best about it and I wish you got a little bit more of that from the Superman movies Mm because they do have that presence but with like Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman they just it doesn't have that hope to it that Mm -hmm. the Kents bring in that's what I don't like about those movies and even like the Christopher Reeves movies like they go more towards the Mm Jor-El than the the Kents and uh, I think the only time you have those really that Pa Kent was in the Smallville. beginning of Smallville, and you have those moments, and you have that With guy. Bo Duke. <laughs> <laughs> he was good as no, Jonathan I, Kent. I, I, I really liked. I, I didn't keep up on Smallville, but didn't he die of a heart attack or something? Yeah, but that was so. Oh, he that, had, that, yeah, that just annoyed me because it was like the like two hundredth episode or something or. 100th episode. He wanted to do something else. He was and sick and tired of playing was Puck Kent. I'm pretty sure. And it was like one of those episodes where... I just don't know he, what he would have done after that. It was it was uh, Superman. Not even Superman. You know, Tom Welling. You know, his character there. Having the choice of going back in time and saving Lana Lang. <laughs> and by that point, I think everybody was like, yeah, Lana Lang, all they have, the writer, all the writers have her do is like look longingly into the camera and cry a little bit. So just let her die, and uh, oh now nope. Spoilers for Smallville. <laughs> uh, uh, Superman goes back in time and saves Lana, and that ends up killing uh, Jonathan Aww, Kent. That's which, sad. which which made me even oh, more angry. I, I fell off of it after they started introducing like uh, Impulse and Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, just, I never kept up on it. It's lived in the purgatory that is on Netflix queue forever. It's on Smallville? It's, it's on, no. Yeah. I own it on DVD, and what's really sad is Eric and I, my friend Eric, uh, we tried getting through some, well, like, we started at season three because we we're like, oh, season three is really good. We like season three. So we started watching that, like, two episodes a week, and we got into where uh, it's Bizarro shows up and we were like, do we want to watch a next season of this? And, and we said no. 
So we started watching MacGyver instead, and that is such a better choice. <laughs> yeah, but you guys started with what? Like your Wednesday afternoon after works started with Smallville. No, Battlestar. No, it did start with Battlestar. Yeah, it started with Battlestar, like at my apart at the apartment. Yeah, like but we used to watch Smallville and talk about it together, like while I was still in school. But like I would have to. Is it is it past the statute of limitations to say that I bit tormented that? Like because. <laughs> I was never home to watch it, so I would BitTorrent the latest episode and watch it, and me and Eric would just talk about each episode, like, on the phone. And then, because I was still living at home. called each other? Yeah. I didn't have texting. (laughs) Back in the day. You did, too, back then. You had to talk to people on the phone. Yeah. This is back before the iPhone. This is back in the day. Kids, ask your parents of what life is before the iPhone. I think Chris and I have almost hit like 20 years of being friends and we hardly ever talk on the phone. <laughs> it's so like talking on the phone to anybody. I know. We're basically talking on the phone now. Yeah, but it's I, different. It's different. It's recording. It's different. I'm one of those people that when the phone rings, I'm like, I'm just going to let it ring. I'll listen to the voicemail and then I'll text the person back. The start of the podcast was because... We used to have long episodes either on the phone or we at never party. talked on the phone. We had a three way calls on the phone. No, we would we would go buy comic books together. We would hang out and we would just yeah, we'd get together. We'd read our books and then yeah, and we'd talk. Oh, and then we would go to another friend's party and it would be the three of us in a corner <laughs> talking about comic books. That we no, just no, 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 no. <laughs> Sometimes someone else would come over. And join us, and then they just like you guys are too nerdy, and then they would get up and leave. Well, no, then they'd look at Paul, and then Paul would go, "Yeah, they have their own language. I hate it when they just talk to each other like I'm not here because they're talking about something else." But yeah. they'll get back to me. Uh-huh. They'll get back to me. I'll just wait here, and the other person would walk off. Yeah. And uh, no, there was a couple of phone conversations that I had with each of you guys, like one with Chris with Diablo three, like back when. It was announced. Well, Diablo was, two two. We would play yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. But we, we play that together. Would, wouldn't we get on the phone with each other? Yes. We'd all be on the phone together. Yeah. On the what? On the phone. Phone. On the phone. I rest my. I rest my case. Sorry about that weird time in our lives when we were all on the computers in like hot rooms in our houses playing Diablo three. No, no. During the two Diablo two. Diablo two. I was in the basement. I was nice and cool. Oh, lucky you! Yeah. I was in the dining room. <laughs> Slash office, because that's where the computer was. Of course. We bought it at Circuit City. Your living room? That's nice. <laughs> this Paul, has gone off the rails. <laughs> it has. Who goes next? John. Oh, no, you just went. Paul, you didn't want to finish the show, but then you started talking about Jonathan Kent. Jonathan Kent would have been a good way to end it. But I, you know, I He's feel ultimate comic book dad. I yeah, but I feel like I ranted on both of mine, and I didn't want to leave it with rant. Me just no, ranting I think we like had a crazy a good, person. We talk. We're able to talk about those. Okay, so we don't need to do John's. Yeah, <laughs> fine. Hey, <laughs> talk about. It's been an hour and a half. We, uh, what do you got, John? Uh, uh no, Buddy the, Barker. <laughs> Buddy Barker. No, screw that guy. Uh. I had a couple people coming through my head. Uh, one of them was going to be Jack Drake. How sad is it that I thought oh, of uh, that Russian singer's Tonto? Like, going through my head, going through my head. I don't know what you're talking Tattoo? Tattoo. That's it. Tonto was the Lone Ranger's sidekick. 
Played by Johnny Depp. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed that movie. I know I talked about it before on the show when that movie came out. It's fun. People just need to appreciate it for just like a fun like serial movie. I need to watch it all. I haven't seen it. it. It's it's not great, but if you just go in expecting it to be kind of just like one of those Sunday matinee type movies, it's it's fun. It's got heart. Hmm. Sorry, John. <laughs> John, uh, did we let you run through all those people running through your head, running through your head? Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking mainly yeah, I'm about... Sorry, if, if we did intro <laughs> music like I do over at Parks and Rec, we totally used that too today. <laughs> uh, but I was I was going to go with um, Jack Drake. I Yeah, that Jack Drake mm. moment in Identity Crisis is heartbreaking. <laughs> and in his appearance when he would show up in Robin and everything. That was a guy that just loved his son. He knew what his son was doing. He didn't always agree with it, but he knew that his son was in the right hands. Mm -hmm. But it was you, Chris, when you started talking about Invincible that I started thinking, and I said, you know what? Marco from Saga. Yeah. He is a man trying to do his best, and his best isn't good enough. Oh, the slacker dad. Archetype. No, I mean, like, he's... <laughs> it's like crossing the universe. He's, yeah, I mean, like, he's trying to do everything he can, but you have you have uh, assassins mm-hmm. and people from across the galaxy trying to steal his... Ex-wives. <laughs> ex-wives. He has every obstacle coming up in his way, and all he wants to do is be a father and a husband. And he fights ferociously to do that you know he will align himself with certain people because he needs to get off this planet because these bounty hunters have just stolen his daughter and are about to sell her off into slavery like he is fighting his way to get her mm-hmm. and his and rescue his wife and these moments that he has and it shows like when he does have these slow moments where he's just in hiding and he's taking his he's the one who takes his daughter to her dance class and is watching her do her dance recital that this oh, man but then when you see him with a dance instructor you're like no right <laughs> no yeah. right not right you don't marco but it but he has these moments and like the moment that breaks up marco and alana is because he finds out that his wife's been high well, she's been watching the daughter and like he's like that's that's not it and like you know he gets so mad he throws his groceries at her and but it's like it, it's space groceries right space, space groceries okay because blue, i got confused I'm blue like, milk but it's like it's it's <laughs> it's this guy that his main goal before meeting his wife mm-hmm. and before having his child was just goofing off and being him and now all he has is these two things that he wants back into his mm-hmm. life and is traveling across the galaxy, doing everything he can, robbing a parliament, breaking into this, doing that to find out where his daughter has been taken at this point. And it's kind of what you'd want to be a father. You would do anything in your power to make sure that your family stays whole or is back together and i think that's one of those things that sells this book is this family dynamic that yes there's laser beams and 
television. Talking, talking walruses wearing uh, fucking and monitor yellow hem uh, headed prequel. It's like wearing like the waiters, like a yeah. Gordon's fisherman. Yeah, with a giant battle axe. Like it, it's it's these crazy moments, but under and space groceries underlining it all. <laughs> Is this man who is desperately, desperately trying to keep his family together, mm. and I think that's one of those. This is one of those moments why that saga is a great book. I agree. Saga's fantastic, and I haven't read like the last maybe like four issues now since it came back again from the hiatus. It's one of those things. Like every time I see there's a new one available, I'm like, yes, download. I will read it, and I just I need to just sit down and do it because I have just such a back catalog of books that I need to go back and read because they're not on my like weekly like I have to read it list that I'm sad Saga has kind of gotten passed over. It's a book that I bought in print up until when I finally went to digital that I went back and bought all those issues again in digital and then when the trades were on sale I bought the trades digitally because then I didn't have to go back and download so many issues I could just download the trades I ha- I have like the physical copies of the first two volumes even though I can just download them and read them at any point like that's one of those books that I like to have that I can pass off yeah uh, I mean it's it's the first book that I passed off to future wife now and Chris- Paul still hasn't <laughs> I haven't read it but Chris could you say all the same things about Scott Lang? I, I thought about picking Scott Lang. I really did. Um, he's just... He cares for his daughter so much that he will sneak around and be like creepy when he knows it'll upset everybody else. But he, he cares for his daughter. Mm-hmm. I could say that. Are we doing three picks? I only picked No, three. no, no, no. I, I, only two. But I was like... He was totally throwing that over to you to do a thing, right? No, no. I was just no, saying that because... Because did make it. He would be my honorable mention. Because I haven't read Saga, but everything that John was saying, I was like, oh, he sounds like the Scott Lang character. He's that lovable he's goof a up bit better dad than that Scott before, you know, he had his daughter and everything, he was, you know rudderless, right? Like, uh, and then once he had his daughter, he would do anything for her. And that's that's what I was thinking. No, he he definitely won. Like I said, Scott would be probably my runner-up. I thought it was a little bit too obvious that I would pick Scott Lang because I've talked about Ant-Man, I yeah. think, more than anyone else has talked about is, Ant-Man on a podcast over the past, like, two years. Is there anything <laughs> wrong with an obvious Ant-Man. pick? I don't... Chris, what's wrong with an obvious pick? There's nothing wrong with an obvious pick, but if I had picked the obvious pick, I would have gotten to talk about Omni-Man, which mm. Invincible is a book that's so strong, and it I'm does always excited when that next volume comes out. But I don't get to talk about it so much on the show because it it is a book that I read and trade. Mm-hmm. I don't read it monthly because I know that I'm going to sit down and devour that trade repeatedly over the years. That I, I, that's the only way that I can actually consume it because all my invincible trades are pretty worn. Uh, it's like fables at this point. Like those are probably like my top two. Um, so I, I just wanted to, to talk about something different more than anything else. 
Mm-hmm. As soon as we said we were going to do this, Jay Garrick was the guy in my mind. And then the other one was one that I had to rack my brain about. And Jack Drake is the one that came up. But when Chris started talking about Omni-Man, it's the thing that, like, oh, mm-hmm. Saga, that that's the father. Yeah. Yeah, like, honestly, I'm surprised that Marco wasn't number one on your list. I know. I don't know. It's like your book. I know. It's so bizarre. It's and one of those Paul, things because I'm I... sorry. Paul, we're probably going to have to wind up doing Saga, like, Volume 2. Uh, no, no, it's fine. Yeah. For, for my trade and pick because... Well, he never read... To read he, that book. You never read past issue one. Yeah, whatever... Re- whatever issue... Whatever we did for the show, that's all I've read. It was, was issue one. Yeah. I, thought, I'm, I thought we did it for trade and policy. No, probably for a look back, 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 oh back, back, back in the day. Yeah, I was that, like, that's a book we just might have to like, force Paul into reading since he made us read Dark Phoenix Saga. That is that is a critically acclaimed top ten <laughs> book. So, so is Saga, Paul. Yeah. All right. Well, Dark anyways, Valid. if you think our podcast is top ten in your heart, if you think our podcast <laughs> goes on too long... <laughs> Go ahead and rate us and review us over at iTunes. Give us some that that sexy five star rating. <laughs> Give us that sweet, sweet five stars. Uh, check us out over at bagnerboard.com. See the show notes for this episode and every other episode within the past year and a half. Yeah, it goes back quite a. It, it goes back quite far. Um, I, I I love our website. It just doesn't get enough love. So check that out. Check us out over on the Facebook, too. We we post our show notes over there. We also post some stuff that we might be talking about for the news or just other little interesting tidbits throughout the week, too. Just be a great dad, you know? If you're a dad. If, if, you're, you're, not, dad. if, you're, if not. you're not, then be like uh, Jay Garrick. Hey, Surrogate yeah. father. Just be a, be a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah.